Welcome to episode 34 of Lost in Immersion, your weekly 45-minute stream about innovation. As VR and AR veterans, we will discuss the latest news of the immersive industry. Hello, guys. Fabian, if you want to start, please. Hello, thanks. Um, so today I want to talk about this uh, report um, that I'm currently sharing, which is called the State of Virtual Brand Experiences. Um, so a bit of uh, grain of salt, I would say. This report is created by, the, by a company called uh, Geek, and uh, it's a for-profit company, uh, and they are doing analytics for virtual experiences, uh, Roblox, uh, metaverses, and, uh, and things like that. So, but there are really uh, interesting things in in that report, and I would like to discuss that with you. Um, so first, uh, a number that was actually pretty impressive to me is that uh, Gen Z um, are actually spending in um, roughly uh, half more time on platforms like Roblox than on TikTok or YouTube or other platforms like that. Um, on seems like an average of, uh, sorry, not an average, but up to two hours or more per day uh, on Roblox. Um, so that's that was a quite shocking number to me. Um, and then if we go into, uh, again, the brands that are uh, most liked by Gen Z, um, so it's pretty small on the screen, but there's Nike, Gucci, Adidas, H&M, Zara, um, so it's uh, nice to see, and we, we will see it afterwards, that a lot of these brands and are actually very present on uh, virtual worlds, uh, like mm -hmm. quote-unquote metaverses, like uh, Roblox, uh, Fortnite, uh, and uh, other platforms like that. <clears throat> so um, something that is interesting is we don't know if it's an... Uh, a correlation or a causation, <laughs> uh, of course, but uh, still, uh, these brands are uh, really present, uh, as you can see here. So, uh, a correlation between most liked brand and the number of activations that they have on uh, virtual platforms. Um, on, on that slide, uh, they explain how uh games are also evolving and how gen z actually prefers and spends more time on platforms and games that have some kind of user generated component um like you know minecraft roblox uh, again all of these platforms that we were uh, i will uh, say the name a lot uh, today they are platforms where you can create your own world, you can customize it, you can uh, customize your avatar, uh, depending on your personality and your preferences. And this seems to be really, really um, liked by uh, Gen Z. And so if we go um, a bit further, uh, so I talked a lot about Roblox. We can see our beloved uh, VRChat here. 
uh, on on the top chart, um, Fortnite, of course, and uh, Special, which is also a platform similar to uh, to uh, VRChat in a sense. Uh, on I think available on the web and the Quest devices as well. Um, interesting to see is that there are not many <clears throat> um, Web3 platforms here. I think the Decentraland and uh, Sandbox are the first one here. Um, and it's nice to see uh, Meta Horizon World uh, to be in that chart uh, since we don't really know how successful it is. And it's really um, open in a very few number of uh, of countries. Um, and then start to see some really interesting thing here, how the evolution of uh, brand experiences has really, uh, is really starting to peak. Uh, after, actually, roughly at the end of COVID, beginning end of COVID. Uh, so maybe there is a, um, an effect to explore here about how the brands are actually thinking more about um, reaching out to users out of the retail spaces. Um, so that's very, uh, very interesting. Um, and to me, this is one of the most interesting slide is this a lot of uh, virtual experiences, AR, VR, and, uh, and things like that for brands are really like one-shot experiences that are maybe open during a month or during a few, um, a, a couple of weeks or even a couple of days. But here with these um, virtual worlds, we have persistent experiences. Like it's not something that just one-shot, it just stays open. Um, like the, I think the Gucci town in Roblox, uh, it will be soon uh, one year and a half, maybe two years, that it's open and that stays open, uh, of course, with uh, evolution. Um, so, and then there are, yeah, um, that slide is interesting as well. Uh, we see that uh, it's kind of obvious here, fashion and food and beverage brands are the most present on this kind of um, um, world. <clears throat> um, so it's, kind of, it's, it's really interesting to me uh, that we are seeing this merging between uh, advertising on the side, uh, branding, and gamification and games um, into maybe a new kind of, I don't know what to call it, uh, uh, gamification, gamified advertisements maybe. Um, so that that was really the takeaway for for me on that report. It's uh, that I don't know if the curve will uh, keep going as it is going here, um, but uh, I think it's a really good insight. Um, and there are a lot of other slides uh, in in that report, but uh, this was this were the most interesting to me. Um, so yeah, I'm curious to. Um, what you think and uh, if you have some um, uh, ideas maybe how we relate this to the the 
changes in, in what happened this year with a lot of uh, VR devices and MR devices that um, were released, uh, knowing that also all of these experiences are also accessible from web uh, application or mobile. Um, Seb? Uh, yeah, it's amazing that report of the, the amount of uh, <clears throat> player playing Roblox, uh, Obsess, Decentraland, and even Animal Crossing, uh, which is a playable game on, on the Nintendo platform. Um, and, and yeah, I don't have a, a Gen Z, uh, a Gen Z. Uh, uh, that I know uh, around me, so I, I haven't seen that move in, into that, that space. I think I had someone that was uh, close to me that was young and uh, was following that uh, trend, but uh, yeah, I'm amazed at those numbers. Yeah, I really need to dig into what is feasible on that platform to check it out and have more knowledge on that. Because, yeah, thank, thanks to bringing that to, to me. It's a heads up for me. Yeah, it seems but like, yeah, yeah, so, so, yeah sorry. Uh, it seems like Gen Z are really looking at um, <clears throat> self-expression and shared experiences. This is, um, I think, one of the trend of, of that, that generation. Um, and we can see that through the, the type of experiences that they like. So more involvement in creativity, in personalizing their self online. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah, that's interesting. And also the, the thing that is great on that this platform is that it's available, like you said, Really old uh, device um, that is strong, a strong force for this, uh, this platform. Yeah. And what about, what about you, Guillaume? Yeah, I, I guess this is um, uh, the the. Is this the whole view that we have? We, we need to have about the Gen Z. You you mentioned it just a, a few seconds ago. Is that uh, I guess the whole thing is based on content creation. We know that influencers and content creators are now one of the most like profession for Gen Z, and of course uh, those kind of uh, professional. Uh, will prefer content uh, platform that can uh, that allow them allow them to, to create this content and create new videos and cr create new new posts. So of course those uh, platform are uh, put forward uh, well are enlightened with by this generation uh, because when they are not playing Roblox, they are watching video about Roblox. So. Uh, this is a whole uh, uh, universe around this uh, Gen Z uh, generation, I guess. And uh, this is why uh, some platforms like Roblox, like, like we, we, we didn't really uh, understand 
the 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 fame at some point because it was blocky, not very not very beautiful. But this whole um, creation part make it uh, uh, what what it is now by uh, for 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 this generation. And um, I just want I just have some numbers uh, to to um, to add to this this. Um, uh, studies that you are you're showing that uh, the latest uh, evaluation is that uh, metaverses uh, could be worth 900 billion by 2030. Uh, this is a company named Baden Company that are well forcing this number, but uh, as always, uh, we should be very cautious because we know that uh, Citibank or McKinsey they predicted that this metaverses would be worth like five trillion so those are very huge numbers we know that um, these uh, estimation are have been uh, in the wild for for quite some times uh, i guess vr should be uh, like uh, 500 billion right now but we we know that it's not the case so we can see that there is a trend uh, uh, especially free with uh, Gen Z uh, spending a lot of time with this uh, platform uh, that could be seen in VR. Um, we knew that when Roblox and Meta made this partnership, uh, the idea was there was to to bring this community to VR. Uh, I'm not sure right now that this is the case, uh, given the um, the selling numbers of Quest Three. Uh, if this um, action was successful, I guess uh, the Quest 3 uh, would have had better numbers right now. Uh, so maybe those who are who were using VR already are now using VR more often because of Roblox. I guess this is one one hint we, we can give or one thing we can uh, suggest to, to uh, at this point. And uh, my, my main um, question here is that is the Gen Z generation continue uh, on this path of creation and, uh, and using those platform or as they are growing older, maybe they, they will change their, uh, uh, yeah, their, 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 their use of uh, the, the technology used with this. So um, it would be very interesting to see in the future if Roblox uh, is growing with its community or uh, by getting older, uh, those uh, people are not uh, interested anymore and then are switching back to, to more classical. But I am not, I'm not there, as I'm saying it, I'm not very sure about this because they, they grew up with this uh, creation and uh, this way of, thinking and using new technology. So I guess uh, it would be evolving, not maybe Roblox, but other forms, maybe more mat mature uh, uh, platform. So we'll see what uh, what would be done by this uh, generation of developers, because it would be developers at some point. Well, some of them will be developers and will be they would be creating a new uh, new experience. So it'd be it will be interesting to see what they what they'll be doing with this. 
Yeah, I think you're raising a very interesting point that uh, we, we can see that with Facebook that <clears throat> had a lot, lot of uh, users and uh, since the, some users went to Instagram, Twitter and uh, the, the kind of usage went uh, down and the um, uh, persona of the average Facebook user has changed. And yeah, I think it's a very good point. Maybe maybe this will change for, for Roblox. Um, and the other platform as well. Um, <clears throat> one name that we didn't mention yet is the Rec Room, and I mentioned it because they have uh, uh, they were mentioned during the Apple Vision Pro uh, release conference. So uh, it's interesting to see that uh, obviously they are uh, at the top as well. Um, yeah. Any anything else on on that topic? No. Okay. Yeah, I understand the 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 fact that the player wants to play this this kind of game. I don't know how they perceive the brand's experience inside of, of that and how they uh, they are spending money on, on those brands and, and how there is a return on investment for the, for the brands. So I would like to see uh, that the creator of those numbers, I don't know if there are any way to get those. But, uh... um, yeah, I, it, it's not mentioned here uh, in that report, uh, so I don't have the numbers, but uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see that uh, it seems I've, I've seen a few uh articles about that that the virtual shopping also translates to uh, uh retail shopping um and actually i've seen this week that uh, uh i don't want to say a mistake it's nike or adidas that did um uh, shoes first in virtual and now they are doing it uh in real so it's funny to see the the link back to uh to retail yeah and is there already some customization available in, in vr so, and then you can have it printed or customized for you and available in shop uh, the one i have seen is like really one model um that mm. could be great yeah mm. okay so maybe seb do you want to present your topic for today. Sure. Do you see my screen? In just a few seconds. Uh, yes, we do. All right. So <clears throat> I have two posts about Gaussian splatting being used here in augmented reality. So not, not with a phone, but with a PC and a Vario XL3. But uh, so, so render on a PC with a high uh, graphic card. But yeah, the, the results, as we say every week, start to be really amazing. The scan of the person is great here. And you can see that because <clears throat> they use the Vario XR3, they have the, the ability to mix uh, the real environment with the the avatar mask the user so we can sit in front of the, 
of his own character that he has can so that was the first one now the second one is the use this time in which uh, in uh, extrahity on the quest tree so seeing it in real time being able to scale position the model that you scan outside So we start to see the, the use in, in real in real use case uh, for the cushion smoothing. So I don't know what is your reaction on that. Um, to me, it's really uh, nice to see this on mobile platform. Uh, so the Quest 3, um, we mentioned last week and uh, over the past week that the, one of the biggest, biggest uh, potential success factor and improvement on the Quest 3 is, is uh, the chipset. And I mean, if that chipset allows this kind of uh, rendering, I mean, the kind of uh, technology to be used on, on the Quest 3, that's really, a, that's really a great improvement, yeah. What's with you, Jim? Yeah, I, I get the, the main, um... Uh, innovation here is that by bringing Gaussian splitting to Unity or Unreal, I don't know what en engine they are using there, but uh, as it is, as I'm using uh, Unity, uh, I know this is uh, considered as a game object. So even if it's a point cloud behind that, we know that we, we see that we can manipulate and work with it as it is uh, a real object because uh, just uh, as a reminder there is no mesh for this so um, it's very interesting that we can bypass this uh, limitation of not having a mesh by just moving it around uh, because of the the ability of the cushion splitting to be to be to be compatible with real time so though the uh, small objects I'm not sure it would work with bigger ones uh, because it would uh, drain, uh, it would take a lot of power uh, to make it work because they are, well, refreshing the, the point cloud uh, 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 very, uh, very often. But yeah, very interesting. Um, I was working on this, so maybe we'll, <laughs> we have a demonstration on this uh, uh, next week. But I have uh, I made a, a person scan with Gaussian uh, splitting, uh, which is very, very convincing as well. Uh, maybe even better than than the one we've seen here. Uh, the main issue I've got uh, by scanning a person is uh, for uh, the scan person to be to, to be still the whole process, especially on the face, because once you're moving it a little bit it will give you uh, a deformed face or, uh, you know, uh, as it is uh, adjusting uh, to the whole or to all the, the picture you're, you've taken uh, is those are misaligned. Uh, you will have uh, at some point when you're turning, you will have your face that uh, deforming a bit, which is not uh, ideal. But 
yeah very, very interesting still uh, a lot of uh, posts uh, those uh, those last weeks about uh, Gaussian splitting so uh, uh, very very interesting to see that uh, mixed reality is uh, entering the room as well uh, <clears throat> I think for small product that that would be a amazing improvement to, mm. to scan t-shirt uh, clothes and I'll get the real texture that is tough to, to get uh, mm -hmm. and yeah uh, doing that really quickly with a setup with multiple camera uh, I saw someone doing that with a uh, like uh, 80 GoPro uh, setup uh, around him and doing a scan of him in his uh, couch uh, wondering the the result in Gaussian splitting was uh, kind of amazing and he did that with one frame so with the same uh, same model of cameras so he won't have any distortion or anything so the mm -hmm. result was really great uh, but uh, yeah doing that with a, with a phone and moving around uh, with someone not being still in the middle I guess yeah, that stuff yeah, yeah I, I think that the Gaussian splitting technology is giving a new life to um, those uh, setup rigged setup with a lot of cameras we knew that they, they use that for 3d scans and volumetric but it was not ideal because of the result of volumetric uh, and photogrammetry which needs a lot of um, uh, post-processing to make it work especially if you are doing furniture's scan there's I know a lot of uh, manufacturers doing this for to their collection and uh, it's a, it's a lot of work uh, behind that to make to to get this 3D model like usable <laughs> for them. So uh, those kind of rigs with like tens and or thousands of uh, cameras sync synchronized all together, it's uh, it's a blessing for this kind of technology because, as you mentioned, it's a one shot and you you'll get uh, a very nice uh, 3D object uh, after that. Uh just one last thing. Um, I think the Quest 3 is, and, and the Quest uh, version are the only one uh, making it compatible with Vulkan rendering on, uh, in, in Unity at least. Uh, and I guess that allows uh, a lot more performances because the particles can be rendered on the, on the GPU. So I think that's the trick to make it uh, work. So if you look into it, you can. Look into the Vulcan rendering. Okay. Um, the other subject was the, the fact that uh, Qualcomm uh, released at least the, the Start Diagram Spaces uh, SDK so for its uh, development. So now uh, the Linux R1 and the Lenovo ARX will have uh, that, I hope, soon because uh, that's, that's missing on both devices. So you are not able to ensure an object in your environment right now. For the means, you need to use uh, uh, picture tracking. Uh, but for the Lenovo, there is, there is nothing, only slab, so you can't save your position of object and uh, reload them right now. So that, that will allow that. And also, they are announcing the compatibility with uh, <coughs> mobile device, so multi-directy uh, application to think uh, the onshore that you have uh, set up on your device, on your XR device, but also, also being able to reload those onshore with your mobile device. 
So that's kind of a great move. Uh, we need to see how it will be implemented and how great it will be compared to the other solution, the LPE for HTC uh, Vive and the uh, Quest system. So we'll see when it's available. But it's, it's great that it's released because uh, yeah, it was really missing on the headset. Any thoughts on that, guys? Well, nice to see that there'll be some improvement. <laughs> Now, on, on the global note, we, we can see that now um, devices are not uh, like stuck in one state. Um, this is very fortunate that uh, all the components uh, can be upgraded afterwards. And uh, I'll switch just in my topics as an opponent that uh, they, sometimes they need to do those improvements and uh, uh, it's very, very nice to see. Um, yeah, no, not much on that topic. Um, I'm really curious to see the, the quality of it um, and is, uh, how, how easy it is to use. Um, but yeah, uh, it's great to see that. Um, and I really like the uh, compatibility with mobile um, because I, I think I mentioned that before here as well, but I'm a really strong believer of uh, uh, multiplayer experiences where one or more people have a headset and the other can participate with their mobile phone and having this kind of technology would be uh, uh, very really uh, helpful to create this kind of experiences okay great so I'll jump to to my topic I guess I had a last one uh, just about the Quest. Oh, yeah, game. sure, you, uh, you have three. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> the, the WebXR experience on it, the spatial fusion experience, uh, which is working really great. Uh, it was not working at all on the Quest Pro. The, the, the CPU was uh, too low on, on this one. But uh, yeah, the, the experience on, on, the, on the Quest 3 is really uh, smooth. Uh, there is collision of particles on inside your own environment that you have scanned uh, before. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, you can see that uh, at one point it replaced your, your own environment with some, like you were in, in the spaceships and we have to interact with it. And yeah, like I said, uh, the, the expanse is smooth. It's uh, placing the object correctly in your environment automatically without you to place anything. So it recognizes your, your space where you are and you scale the, the object so everything feels like it's fitting your environment. Uh, yeah, I think that, that's kind of uh, amazing to see it play on a web Excel experience like that. Um, so far, I really don't have to test it yet, but uh, yeah, I'd like you to, to test it to, to see how it looks. The rendering is still simple. Uh, you can see the, <clears throat> the, the fact that it's uh, not a high poly uh, model, but the shaders they applied to it and uh, the whole experience uh, looks really great. And the interaction that you can have with the, with the environment is great. 
Cool. Yeah, we'll try it. And uh, I hope that at some point Apple will open WebXR, just not only for developers, but just as uh, by default on the Vision Pro. That will be uh, that will be amazing. Yes, we we all agree that WebXR will be one part of the global adoption of VR, uh, using it, you know, the the bridge between the classical or maybe the the new web and and VR is uh, the main uh, the main goal here. Uh, I've been working with WebXR for quite some years, and now we are seeing that uh, we we are able to to display something very things that are interesting and that can be we can work with them uh, you mentioned the graphics of course uh, this can't be as beautiful as a standalone application but uh, with this kind of uh, rendering I guess we we can do a lot of things already yeah because it's mixed reality you can focus on a smaller object inside your environment and have not completely replace the, the whole environment. So yeah, you can play with that and get more performances on smaller objects. But uh, yeah, the, the, it, it started to be usable, I would say. Before, we even with the Quest 4, it was not working at all. It was very slow. Here, it's, it's smooth. Uh, mm -hmm. The tracking of the hand and the, the controller are, are great. I'm keen to see if someone is able to do a mask of the hand, so to, to see your hand in front of the object, like uh, like they did on, on the app, and I tested it uh, on the app myself, and it's, it's working great uh, with the Quest 3. Uh, I would say even better than the, what I saw in the Mario XR3, because um, it's more of a 3D model that goes on top of you, so it's smoother on the border. Uh, rather than on, on the barrio where it's uh, already a mask uh, the light of your hand where, and so there is a lot of aliasing kind of aliasing on your hand uh, here it looks it looks better and yeah that's it for me okay so i'll do my topics now <laughs> uh so here we are. So the the thing that I've been seeing uh, because uh, just as a retrospective, we knew that. The Quest 1 was two and a half hours, maybe three hours at some point. Uh, then the Quest 2 was more like a two hours-ish. And the Quest 3 is more like one, uh, one hour and a half and two hours uh, of uh, intensive use. So those uh, headsets, uh, the Quest 2 and Quest 3, they need external battery if you want to yeah, use them and, and, um, uh, as an in extensive time sorry so they found the solution with the quest 2 you had some specific headsets um, uh, headbands sorry head strap that uh, allows you to to switch the battery during uh, during your your games 
And what they found out is that those solutions are not working anymore with the Quest 3. Uh, they tried all kind, all the different sorts of straps and batteries that are available on the market. And the main, uh, uh, well, the, the conclusion is that uh, the Quest 3 230 in energy, when you are putting the battery, it will shut down even if your battery is still as half capacity. So it's very weird. It's just a, the, the conclusion to this is that the, the electrical debit is higher on the Quest 3. So it, it, all those batteries and solutions that we had for the Quest 2 are not giving enough energy at a at this higher debit. So uh, even if you are using cable uh, directly plugged into a wall, you can hope to keep your charge uh, at the same level. But if you are doing intensive uh, application, then it will go down as well. So um, I guess Fabien already mentioned that it was very long to be charged. Uh, and apparently it's very hard to, to make it stable in energy so uh, um, uh, to this date right now uh, there is no solution for you to use it like for six or seven hours you will have to to put it down and charge it the classical way other um, thing that have been uh, reported is that the elite strap that is sold by meta is uh, they, they have a lot of malfunction or they're just getting yeah, broken at some point. So lots of people use them for, for three intensive day and it's just broke. Uh, so the, the main uh, idea here and the conclusion about the community is that it's, it's, uh, it's very, yeah. Well, Meta is working on, on the solution right now. They're trying to, to see how they can solve this issue. Uh, however, it's still um, a very damaging that when you are releasing uh, your new your new product, there are those kind of issues, especially for um, maybe for maybe not for the mainstream user that are using it as a thirty minutes or one hour uh, entertainment, but for the hardcore <laughs> VR community that are using VR headsets for intensive um, uh, hours, uh, it's a very strong step back. Uh, and people are not happy with it. Uh, they are really uh, living it as a yeah, uh, as a very very big issue because they, they can't play as long as they would like to uh, as they used to with the previous uh, headset. So we'll see what uh, what can be done with this. Uh, maybe some kind of new batteries or new straps. But once again. People that that invested invested in those uh, hoped to to make it work with their new uh, Quest Three uh, headset. So we'll see what the community say. But uh, right now there are there are some some issue with the, the Quest Three. So I don't know what what you are. Uh, what's your opinion about this as uh, Meta Quest users? Did you uh, uh, did you have the same kind of issue? It's not so great to use. I, <clears throat> right now, I'm doing some development, so my Quest 3 is always plugged, so I don't have any issue with battery life. Um, but definitely for events, that 
is not a great news. Uh, I know for the HoloLens too, we had the same issue for the experience we developed uh, for museums. Uh, we had to find a way to have a, a set of uh, 20 headsets uh, always on for the whole day. And, and that's uh, with, with a lot of person coming in. So we found uh, one battery that was uh, able to charge the headset uh, and not drain uh, power um, from it. So ready uh, to be able to keep the headset at 100% and only add uh, the battery external battery uh, drain down. So it was an anchor uh, battery and we had to measure exactly what the battery was uh, draining with a, with a tool that we put in, in between to really measure the, the amount of battery that was uh, consumed. Um, uh, and I saw another uh, news about the microphone that was uh, even uh, worse than the Quest 1. So I did not test it yet, but uh, that's also bad news because you had to, if you want to use it for even say, uh, you need to put an external uh, USB-C uh, microphone uh, Bluetooth uh, uh, things because uh, otherwise you get some delay. So I guess that we'd also drain some battery and adding that on top of uh, the battery. Uh, that's yeah. That's gonna be tough for for even to to use that. That we see the improve that uh, that system through time. Okay, uh, just another thing I would like to show you here is that uh, people are using uh, the Quest 3 as uh, Apple Vision Pro would like it to be used, meaning that they are using it uh, as an everyday life device and putting it uh, in, in their uh, doing chores and cooking and so on and so on. So, uh, apparently it works. Um, I guess it's not ideal, but it's fun to see that people are embracing the way that those device devices will be used at some point. 
Yeah, it's it's uh, it's really fun to see. I saw people doing uh, bike with the the Quest Three, or go, go, even going outside. Um, I I wonder if it's uh, just for fun and to um, to be on the buzz uh, of the Quest Three, or um, if um, it's an usage that will actually persist. And um, so, oh yeah, I saw, I saw this one. And um, yeah, I, I mean, for me, I, I tried it uh, and I'm not sensitive to motion sickness. So I, I, will, I will let uh, Seb speak about this. <laughs> yeah, when, when I'm moving around with the Quest I'm really, I kind of get dizzy sometimes, uh, particularly when there is some hand gesture in front of the camera. So moving around like that, I, I'm not sure I'm, I would be comfortable with that yet. With a client version, doing it at home and displaying things in front of me without my hand is okay. But as soon as I look at my phone or something like that, I need to stay still. Uh, I mean, even close my eyes for for a bit to wait for the distortion to adjust, and then look at it and, uh, and move away my hand afterwards. But yeah, it's not, it's not yet comfortable, definitely. And I wanted to share also something about that, around that, uh, about the video that was shared with uh, the use of uh, AI with the ray glasses done by uh, Mark Zuckerberg, where he asked the AI to give him advice on how to, to make a specific cut. So I don't know if you, uh, if you saw that and if you have any photo of that, but uh, yeah, that's kind of a nice use case to be able to ask directly to the your glasses uh, some questions. So there is no multi reality, like we said, mm -hmm. but it's only an AI interface with a microphone. Where ask your question and give you advice. And you can shoot a video of what you ask and what it replied and what you were looking at at the time. Yeah, so, it's globally interesting to see that uh, those devices are entering slowly but surely the our everyday life. Uh, uh, there's still the form factor that is, I guess, not ideal once again. But uh, people understood what they are meant to <laughs> uh, to to do, so uh, they they are trying to. But we know that those those are not ready yet. Fabien, please. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> uh, one question. Um... So the answer from the AI, is it uh, seen on the glasses or is it like voice? No. It's audio. It's so audio, audio, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> there is no, no screen in that, uh, yeah. in that glasses. It's only cameras and a microphone uh, connected to your phone, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, 
connected to the AI system. Yeah, you have directive audio inside the glasses branches. Uh, so just like uh, we, we've seen uh, on the HoloLens, for example, uh, so people that are around should be able to hear at some point, but not that much. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, these glasses have been released like for a couple of days like, or a week now. So uh, I think it will, it will be interesting to see the similar to what the, we just saw for the Quest 3, how uh, users are starting to, to uh, and the smart glasses, meaning that at some point those two devices should fusion or merge uh, to, to create this everyday life uh, device. Uh, you should see that it, it describes what the, the Ray-Ban glasses can do and not uh, at this point. Right, so do you have anything more to add for today? No? So, okay, so it's a wrap-up. Thank you guys for this episode, and uh, we'll see you back next week for uh, for new adventures. Thank you, guys. See you guys.